Hello, and a very warm welcome to the OneSparks podcast series. This is a show about telecommunications and IT strategy and insights aimed at senior business professionals. In today's episode, we are looking at the digital workforce. What is it and why do we need it? My name is Dave Harris, and with me to explain the ins and outs of the digital workforce, I have two expert guests. Colin Campbell is the Strategic Acquisitions Director at OneCom. He's been in the telecommunications industry for over 20 years. He helps customers achieve operational customer service and productivity benefits through the use of communication technologies. Callan Shabella is Head of Product Management at Five9, the leading provider of cloud contact center software. He's based in California and is responsible for all of Five Nine's lines of business, including contact centre, automations and digital. Welcome, Colin and Callan, to the podcast. I think we probably better start with the obvious question for a novice such as myself, and that is, what is a digital workforce? Callan, can I throw that one at you first? Absolutely. So, I mean, I think the easiest way to think about a digital workforce is to think of it as an extension of your human workforce. But... You know, rather than having, say, you know, people with headsets sitting in contact centers and so forth, you know, doing customer care, you instead have software agents, so purely software, that sit in the cloud and you consume them as you need them and they perform tasks on your behalf. So essentially what you can think of it is is as a virtual employee, but it's entirely made up of software. So the type of software that we're talking about, particularly when it comes to things like customer contact automation, is things like you know, speech recognition technology and natural language processing technology uh, and so on. I think the, the key thing about digital workforce though is to, is to think of it as sort of like as a spectrum. If you, manage your, if you imagine your business, you, know, have, you have a whole range of roles as it relates to your business and some of these are sort of front of house roles or customer service roles and some of them are back of house. You can actually have digital agents that span that entire spectrum. So you could have IVA technology, conversational agents. You can have back office technology like uh, workforce automation style agents or RPA, uh, and as well as sort of you know quality and, and monitoring type roles, uh, which we think of as sort of workforce optimization. Colin, uh, what's your sort of uh, take on this? Where, where you know if I if I asked you that same question, is is that the sort of definition you'd give as well? Yeah, I think um, what I'd add to it is you know, just think of it as a, a digital worker is trained to do the same things as a as a human resource. It's just that they they do it generally with um, they can do it across any channel. So whether that is things like web chat or on live calls, and they can do it in typically in any language, and then. If you liken it to a, um, a human workforce, the digital worker, they don't have to take breaks, you know, so it's, a, it's, it's adding additional value to your existing human capital by, by delivering this additional capability. And why would you say it's important, Colin? If you look at the drivers pre and sort of post pandemic, ultimately, most organisations in the global economy are looking to, you know, to increase their availability globally. And the way to do that ultimately, uh, without throwing lots and lots of resource or human resource at that, is to look at your processes and your digital processes. And to be able to scale, technology is the enabler. Gone are the days where you can just throw lots and lots of money at additional human, uh, humans in different countries. Um, you need to look at this from a different standpoint and look at those processes that can be automated to help you grow your organization. Callan, um, from your point of view, you know, what, again, that same question, you know, what, what, are the, what are the things that make the digital workforce important as we go forward? 
Yeah, I mean, I think Colin raised a few good points there. I mean, if we look at, you know, COVID in terms of the last 12 months, we had certain types of businesses that literally couldn't couldn't staff uh, with with people sitting in contact centres or even sitting at home. You know, we, you look at people like, you know, COVID centres uh, where they're looking to employ dozens and dozens and dozens of people per day incrementally. Like, how do you actually do that with, with people? It's very difficult. But with software, you can essentially just spin it up, you know, from the cloud. I think the other reason why it's important is that consumers expect new types of experiences, right? So things like, you know, Amazon Echo devices, Google Home devices, even, you know, Siri and Android Assistant, you know, these are all examples of conversational interfaces that are now commonplace. So when somebody reaches out to your business on any channel that they like, you know, it's increasingly they're expecting that sort of engagement. And unless you're providing a virtual agent, you pretty much have to provide a human agent to do that. And that's just not you know, feasible in, in most industries. You both mentioned COVID and obviously the pandemic has had a huge worldwide effect on many, many industries. And clearly that has driven, as you both said, has driven the market in the digital workforce. Was that going to happen anyway? Colin, do you think COVID has just speeded things up a bit? Yeah, I, I think it was. Um, if we look at what's happening um, generally in the market, the move from traditional bricks and mortar retailers, for example, to and the rapid shift to online capability meant that there's always going to be this increase in demand on an organization. And what we're seeing now, we, we see that as a, a gap in the capital available to deal with those inquiries. So that's an engagement capacity gap. So I think, you know, the rapid move to online, I think COVID really just accelerated it over that same sort of period. And now we're seeing organisations rapidly looking to adopt this this type of technology. Callan, obviously there's a lot of, well, I assume a lot of artificial intelligence, AI, as, 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 as people like me who don't know much about it tend to call it. Is the technology improving very fast? You know, when you talk about having virtual call centres and things like that and digital assistants and so on, you know, is there going to come a time where we can't tell the difference, do you think? Yeah, so this is a, this is a really interesting question. You know, I've been working in this space in sort of uh, spoken dialogue systems for 20 years now. And the types of things that we can now build, so the types of experiences we can now build, not only are they far superior to what we could do even, say, five years ago, let alone 10 years ago, but we can do them at a price point that is almost unimaginably, you know, lower than what it used to be. So, you know, back when this sort of uh, spoken dialogue systems, particularly natural language and conversational agents started, you know, you would routinely be spending hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars on just the software licensing, you know, to allow these sorts of things to happen. So what we've seen in the last few years is just this massive, almost like democratization of that technology. So it's just come down orders of magnitude in price. It's now accessible pretty much, you know, from the cloud, from a number of vendors at any time. And so you have this combination of, of capability improvement and pricing improvement. And in effect, yes, it is inevitable. Now, will we be able to tell the difference between, you know, a digital agent, uh, you know, an IVA and a person? Well, if you look at some of the more recent sort of developments in sort of text-to-speech technology, I mean, Google Duplex did a, a, an interesting demonstration like a year or so ago where people really couldn't tell the difference between what was a synthetic voice and what was a person. Not to say necessarily that that's what you really want to aim for. Quite often, it's very useful for people to understand that they're talking to a, to a, to a machine so they can engage with it, you know, as they would like to. But it's, it's, go, it's going to be very hard to tell, absolutely. And I, the reason I sort of brought that up is that I, I'm wondering what the implications are for 
for live agents, for for for, for real people working in in call centres and things like that. You know, I mean, is there always going to be a place for for those real human beings? And and if so, what what's the implication of having this digital workforce? People often assume that okay, automation is 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 a net negative for the the human agent inside a contact centre. And what we've seen is actually this is this is not true. If you look at a typical contact center, it doesn't really matter where in the world you look at it, but churn in your staff, like the number of people that you know leave you every year is often 30, 40, 50 percent annually. That's really unusual in a market. And you have to understand what why is that? And often it's because the things we are getting people to do are you know mundane, you know, repetitive and monotonous, right? So if you look at most sort of contact center workloads, it's sort of like a pyramid. At the top, you you have sort of some reasonably low frequency, but very high value interactions that your, your contact center is handling. And at the bottom, you have this sort of, you know, fat base of the pyramid, which is the bulk of what's happening. And it tends to be low value, repetitive interactions. So the idea with, you know, a digital workforce is that you get your your people to focus on those really high value uh, things. Now, people are really fantastic at certain things that machines aren't, like empathy. So if you're trying to work with a customer that perhaps is you know, looking to leave your business or looking to negotiate some sort of refund or things like that, these are the types of scenarios where you, know, you really cannot replace people. So what we find is that the agents within a contact center are often receptive of automation technology because it changes the nature of their job and makes it more interesting. Colin, from your point of view, as somebody who, who sort of specifies and, and, and helps companies set up new communications technologies in call centers, and things do your customers sort of say to you oh you know we want to get rid of all the people or is it a blend that they're looking for as Callan just implied yeah it's actually a blend and and again if we go back to um, the current situation we're just coming out of the pandemic but using technology such as this to actually assist live agents as well at the same time so um, you know if you're if you're an agent and you're dealing with a fairly complex inquiry or a customer's asking about a specific product this technology can also sit in the background and provide assistance to live agents so we're actually seeing the request through our consultancy engagements for customers to how do we improve the lives of our agents how, how do we add value and I think going back to point Callum made there you know uh, automating the mundane yes absolutely so if it's just a a password reset or a return or something that can be very just very transactional that you're not really adding a lot of value to why do we want to send hundreds of those calls through to the same agent every day you know we take we're lifting that element away but where it's more complex it's complementing that engagement with with your customer base Um, and that's where we're seeing it really it's it's all about um, the employee engagement, raising the capabilities that they can offer to their customers and an overall impl- improving the customer experience, but also the employee experience. So, yeah, it's a very, a very it's, it's a mixed bag of that. But ultimately, the um, these technologies also do have an impact on the bottom line. So, yes, there is a financial incentive there at the same time. But I would say it's it definitely we're seeing it coming up for more of the how can I improve the, the life of my agent? And again, what that adds back into the, the point that Callum is saying is the churn rate in contact centers is is, is quite high, you know, so uh, and technology now means that you can recruit worldwide. It doesn't matter where your agents are based. So, you know, you can move move to another competitor quite easy if they don't have this modern type technology to help them. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely a, a hot topic right now. And that brings me nicely to my next question, Colin, which is, you know, what does 
the future look like, would you say? I mean, where are we going to be? You know, where, what, are, what are these call centres and things going to look like in, say, 10 years or, 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 or further out than that? Back to some earlier points, the, the technology is, is ready. It's, it's now, it's, it's available and people are using it. What I see this continuation really would be this continuation of a hybrid workforce. So you will have the technology there available, but it will be guiding and assisting the the human agents. And again, you know, it's it's where tasks can be automated. You know, if an organization is looking to go to more of an app driven relationship with their customer base, this technology will support that migration to that that process. So yeah, very much hybrid I see the future. And Callan, you, you mentioned in an earlier answer, you know, how things have changed so much in five years, 10 years to where we are now, huge changes and costs dropping. So is it going to continue at that rate? Where do you see us in 10 years time? Well, 10 years is a long time in this industry. But I think if we just, you know, if we were to extrapolate, you know, the trends that we've seen, essentially what I would expect we would see, perhaps not in 10 years, but in, you know, two or three years even, will be, you know, this seamless blending of virtual agents with human agents as Colin mentioned, but, you know, people often think of like, you know, an old world kind of IVR where you ring into a, into a business and you press some buttons or you say some words and then you go through to a person. But what I'm actually, you know, interested in is this seamless uh, passing back and forth between things. So, you know, imagine, for example, ringing into a, a contact center, working with a digital agent, but the digital agent needs to consult with its human supervisor, right? So it'll actually, you know, let me check for you, go out, consult, you know, get permission. Maybe it's a refund or something like that. So yeah, I can I can handle that for you today. Uh, and so there's this back and forth between digital agent and, and human agent. Uh, we, we actually see this to some extent already in the compliance space with, uh, you know, credit card payments where rather than a human agent take your your credit card over the phone or whatever it might be, they're going to pass you off to a digital agent and it's going to handle it because it's in a, you know, a secure environment and then come back to you. So this sort of passing back and forth, you know, it only works where you have this seamless contextual preservation. And, and this is not just across like voice channels, but pretty much any channel. So you reached out to them via the web, then you later you called them, maybe they sent you an SMS to follow up. Uh, and all of this maintains, you know, context, regardless of whether it's a human talking to you or, or a machine. One of the really, I think, interesting spaces that uh, is very early on is taking you know, this t concept of a, a virtual agent or a digital workforce and, and almost taking it from the enterprise level where it is sort of now all the way down to the consumer level. So, you know, we have been, you know, working with, for example, you know, telecom providers that are actually interested in personal virtual agents. So rather than calling me and getting me on my phone or getting me my voicemail, which is probably generally what is happening these days, you instead get essentially digital, digital Callan. Uh, it's a personal agent that represents me. It's always on in the network. You can reach it from a, a wide range of devices and it can then do things on behalf of me. So it understands, you know, my schedule, it understands who I want to talk to, understands if I'm in a meeting and all of these sorts of things. We're seeing early uh, steps towards that now, uh, but I think that'll come a long way in the next, you know, in the next five to 10 years. Well, one of the things I hate, and, and I think you probably share this hate with me, is, you know, when you have to call up a company to to make a complaint or to to query something, you know, is is being put on hold. Listen to that dreadful music and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, are those days numbered now? You know, with with these sort of digital workforces, you know, will we no longer have to wait around while they while somebody can deal with our complaint? Well, if you do, 
then you're probably likely to take your business somewhere else, right? So I think it will be inevitable that waiting is a thing of the past. I mean, we, we see that now, right? So for example, one of the simplest virtual agents an enterprise can implement is essentially a digital waiter. So you, you've probably had this experience when you ring into a business, if you are calling in and it says, look, the time to, to wait to, to you can talk to someone is, is gonna be like 15 minutes, but I can wait here on your behalf if you like, and I'll give you a call when it's your turn. Do you want me to do that? And you go, sure. That's essentially a very simple form of a virtual agent. The more extreme version of that, which we're not really seeing much of yet, is where, um, Dave, you ring, in, you ring into your, or you talk to your own digital agent and you say, go and wait in the queue for me. <laughs> and when is my turn, connect me. So waiting will be solved one way or another, but the idea of not offering anything to a, a customer is, um, I think that's, you're not gonna see that for much too longer, well I hope anyway. Colin, when you, you ring in, as I guess you do because you're a human being and you probably have to make these calls from time to time, do you get very cross if you get left on hold because you know the technology exists to, to deal with this stuff now? Yeah, absolutely. And I know the shortcuts to get through these systems as well, but um, absolutely, I think um, where we're seeing companies that are embracing this is, is in its simplest form. So things like Callum mentioned there, the, the digital waiter or even virtual receptionists, you know, with the fact that everyone's working from home um, at the moment, trying to get hold of um, people within companies going through the normal route is quite difficult. So um, we're absolutely see this speech enabled virtual receptionist is going to uh, help organizations reach out to to individuals within their companies but yeah the design of these flows and these interactions actually link back to um, what are we going to do with the customer's data and it's um, where we're seeing customers maximize the benefits of these technologies is they've got a handle on on their actual their their data and we can we can interrogate it we can um, make decisions with it but again it is all down to the, the simplicity of, of, of the technology that's available today. Before we finish, guys, I'd like to ask you both, as you've both been around in this industry for quite a while now, as I mentioned in the introduction, what advice would you, Callan, give to your, to your 21-year-old self? You know, knowing, knowing now what you do about how things have developed, what would you say to your younger self? Well, I think uh, for a long time, this industry was plagued by technology that over promised and under delivered you know it was just so hard to actually get the sorts of results that we we you know we, we come to expect now and i guess i'd, I'd tell 20 year old callan hang hang in there well it, it is it is going to be sort of the science fiction that we're talking about and by the way that's all going to be available in uh, 2021 or actually a few years ago now so the um that's what i would say and uh, colin same question to you what, what what advice would you give to your younger self well, if it's if it's related to this um, technology, then I, I probably would have um, liked to be the 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 inventor of the uh, the patents around it, and uh, because it's actually going, um, it's moving at such a pace now. From a from a general point of view, you know, take more risks and uh, uh, take opportunities that are that are presented to yourself. So, but yeah, the 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 tech is there. It's evolving at fast pace. I think if I knew what I, I knew now 20 years ago, I, I'd be excited about what the future holds. 
Thank you very much, guys. It's been very interesting, and I have learnt a great deal in the last uh, 20 or so minutes, so thank you for that. You've been listening to the One Sparks podcast, brought to you by OneCom. I'm Dave Harris, and I've been talking to Colin Campbell, the Strategic Acquisitions Director at OneCom, and Callan Shebella, the Head of Product Management at Five9. I hope you've enjoyed their expert insight into the digital workforce. Please see our show notes for a link to our website at www.onecom.co.uk forward slash podcast, where you can find out about everything mentioned in today's episode. If you've enjoyed the podcast, then please subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues. In the meantime, stay safe and thanks for listening.